morning and welcome to the Badge of Politics. I'm Scott Stearns. My name is Paul Sickle. We are dead. Uh, we are broadcasting. I'm sorry for an, the or live casting. That is, um, I mean, a few days ago after you listened to this. <laughs> so we're, we're broadcasting live minus uh, four or five days from an undisclosed location on the south side of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We are indeed. And so... Should that's I have said I'm what gonna... side of Milwaukee, Wisconsin we're yeah. on? That's, that's fine. That's a fairly large area. Yeah, all right. I don't think you're revealing... Okay. You're not revealing any 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 classified information. Oh, oh whoa, <laughs> hey, oh, but you know what? Uh, Vladimir Putin uh, sponsored this podcast, and one of the things was that he gets to listen to it all. We um, are, including we our, our pregame notes, we, too. We didn't want to give them... Uh, we, we, we don't want to give away too much with our... Uh, with our uh, our pending RT America negotiations, do we? Well, there you know, this uh, they got some good people on there though. Uh, you know, Ed Schultz, uh, Tom Hartman. Yeah. So we let's before we go too far, let's let's stick to Milwaukee for a second. How about Sheriff Clark Scott? What do you think? He, he the soon to be former sheriff David Clark of Milwaukee County, Wisconsin. So Sheriff David Clark announced uh, yesterday on uh, I, I believe it was on uh, WISN, you know, a common uh, or a friendly uh, friendly home for uh, for Mr. Clark to right. uh, to to air his grievances. So he announced on uh, Vicky McKenna's show, I believe. Um, Sheriff Clark, uh, openly, basically racist African American man against. He's racist against African Americans. He's like he's a white supremacist African American sheriff, essentially, which is maybe a little. I mean, it's pretty much the position he takes, though. And he's, um, I mean, especially with, toward immigrants. I mean, he's just brutal. Uh, I mean, like fascist, really. And um, so he, he he wants to use uh, the sheriff's department to, uh, you know, enforce ICE rules. He wants to comply with the whole Trump thing. And uh, meanwhile, he was so busy last year com- uh, campaigning for Trump that he missed uh, four people dying in the jails he ran, including a newborn child. Yeah, that's just, you know... It's just it's, And a guy who didn't, just, hadn't had water in eight days. Yeah, it's, it's only eight days. I mean, and this is supposed to be a civilized country. It's supposed we're, to be. Uh, and we're in the middle of the heartland here. Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and and we had a baby die in the jail, and we had somebody without water for eight days die in the jail, and it's and it's unacceptable, and, it, and under his watch, yeah, while and, he was out campaigning for Trump, basically. right? And I mean, the thing of it is, is that fine, it, 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 the best face you can put on it from uh, in, in Clark's favor is that fine, you know he 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 didn't he didn't. Uh, he wasn't. He wasn't okay with this. That he um, didn't obviously uh, endorse this type of treatment in his jail. But what have we heard from him? He's we've, also, heard, we've heard. We've heard nothing from him on this in, in terms of uh, any kind of empathy for the victims' families. Right. Or right. Like we haven't. Right. Exactly. He's, he hasn't even said he feels bad. No. About it. Not only that, but shit roll. Like, look, it's unacceptable. Children should not die in jail. It's uh, not, not not in the United States of America. He, children shouldn't die in any jail. Uh, and well, I know, but we. People, but I think we uphold the, we uphold the values, or, each, or right. we say we we say we do. Right, especially newborn children. People yeah. without people should not be going 
held without water for a week or no. eight days and then dying. That should not happen. I mean, that is a war crime. I think it pretty yeah, much fits the, uh, the the textbook definition of cruel and unusual punishment, exactly, I would say. Exactly. Um, and so, so this happened while he was out campaigning for Trump. And uh, maybe he wasn't the person who te- cooked took the water away or whatever, but he's the person who understaffed the jails. Absolutely. He is the person who, who refused to do any of the, um, like, jail-to-work stuff that there used to be in the Milwaukee County jail system. Correct. Uh, and let's be honest, Milwaukee County is a, a big, uh, a relatively large county. It's about 950,000 people. Mm-hmm. It's by far the as most people in uh, poverty, uh, most diverse uh, area in the state of Wisconsin by by far, yeah. and it, um, you know, and not everybody has the perfect circumstances. No, and I'm I'm not trying to excuse somebody who did something to land themselves in jail. Um, a lot of times, most of the time, probably they they belong in jail at least right. for a few days. But but that doesn't mean they deserve to go right. a week without water. No, it doesn't. And not only that, but rehabilitation or or different programs to help train people inmates can actually empower uh people to live a better life when they're not in jail and and reduce recidivism improve the community and so on and so forth these are not things clark's ever been interested in no what but he has been interested in uh in trump and i think shit rolls downhill yeah he's the boss whether he or you know, whether he wants to admit it or not, below him, right? And he doesn't deserve, at the very least, he was managing this place. How does he deserve a promotion? Which is exactly what Donald Trump just gave him. So apparently, he is going to be the Assistant Secretary of Homeland Security for Intergo- Intergovernmental Affairs, which means he'll be basically a liaison to local law enforcement. And to so he's going to um, tell all the other sheriff's departments in urban areas that it's okay to starve people from water for eight days in a row. Correct. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, if if a baby dies in prison, well, um, yeah, so be it. right after it's born yeah. from its mother, like, yeah, well, you know, in America, we won't care about that anymore. <laughs> Apparently not. Like, is that is that really what how we're running things in this country? I day, guess. These days? But I, I just—I apologize to the rest of the country, by the way. <laughs> I, um, the other forty-nine states and the other seventy-one counties in, in this state, outside of Milwaukee County, who are now being subjected to this man's will. I guess you could say our gain is their loss, so to speak. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, who? But uh, then again, the procedures under the Wisconsin Constitution. Will now dictate that our our fearless leader Scott Walker gets to a place that's true, but that's, that's the last topic. We can't talk about. Well, well, I mean, it leads to the last topic. Well, at least the twenty eighteen election. There will be a twenty eighteen election, regardless of what happens. But but if if Clark leaves, assuming this is official, right. which to, I digress for a second, but this there has been no official announcement from the Trump administration. There's oh. been there's, this is all really? coming from Clark. <laughs> so I mean, I guess I. I assume so. He could, he could be bluffing, and well, I don't know. I mean, may, I, 
I'm assuming he went through interviews and, and they made him an offer. Maybe it's contingent on him, you know, passing a urine test and, and, uh, <laughs> and, back, not getting and a, a background fight, check. And, not getting a know. fight over the Dallas Cowboys on an airplane with a, a filmmaker from River West. Wow. Yeah, by the way, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, that happened. Uh, yeah. He, he, well, he got insulted by uh, a local... Uh, Packer fan, which we're in Wisconsin, so most people are Packer fans, and he's wearing a, a Cowboys jersey on his way down to Dallas right before the Packer-Cowboy playoff game last year, which the Packers did win, by the way. Yes. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Rodgers threw a really nice pass near the end, and some Mason Crosby kicked some field goals. It was an amazing game. Uh, it was a great game. But anyhow, um, this this kid, you know, this young young man uh, from River West, uh, a couple neighborhoods north of here, mm-hmm. uh you know, said, "Are you Sheriff Clark?" and and references kind of his cowboy get up, yeah. um, like he literally had cowboy attire, Dallas Cowboys attire on. Yeah, and uh, Clark acknowledged that he was, and the kid kind of uh, made kind of shook his head and like, walked face, away. Right, nothing, nothing else. Yeah, uh, went to his seat, and upon landing, actually, it was from Dallas to Milwaukee. Right, uh, was a flight, and uh, Clark had the kid shaken down. Yeah. So, so please. Uh, United Airlines, Southwest Airlines, whoever you are, do not broadcast us uh, this podcast. Do not play this on an airplane. <laughs> do not let Clark hear this because we don't want to be shaken down the next time we fly. Preferably not. We want to keep the uh, friendly skies friendly despite all the headlines these days. <laughs> so, yeah, Clark, I can't fucking believe it. Well, well, I can believe it because yeah. he wouldn't be reelected. No, well, you. I mean, we had talked about it previously that it, it was he was going to have to find something else to do leading up to next year because his chances of his reelect chances were 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 nil and and decreasing week by week, especially given his ties to this administration. Right, and, you know, this is not, it's not doing him any favors. So we're quickly moving from the uh, local, or slowly, I should say, moving from the local scene to the international scene. In the meantime, in the meantime, we should uh, just quickly cover the national scene, which is the big uh, transfer of wealth from everybody who works for a living to the one percent called the health care bill, American Health Care Act. I don't know, Paul. Is it? I mean. I'm good with local politics. I mean, is there is there really been any news on a national front this past week? Um, just a bit, just, just a bit. Okay. And what we wonder is, is this a smokescreen? What I wonder is if it's a smokescreen for the um, being able to do whatever the hell they want on the health care. So okay, so uh, I mean, I'm not I, saying I don't mean to diminish what Trump's been up to. Not at but, all. But you know, some of these stories, it's like. I'm not sure that the average American that voted for Trump or even voted for Clinton but may not be that invested in uh, Beltway politics, if you will, hmm. um, you know, really cares about that as much as they care about whether or not they they or their family members may will be able to afford health insurance in the next five years or its future beyond that. So, okay, well, so we've been... Should I say off the air? I don't know if that's even technically the correct terminology. Off but the web or off, off the, the, no, off the whatever off the, the grid. fuck it is. Yeah, I don't know. So okay. I was out of the country for a few days. I went to Costa Rica and mm-hmm. just kind of had a little reprieve and enjoyed myself. Managed to get back into the country. There was a rumor that he wasn't going to come back. I, you know, um, it's when you're down there. Honestly, it's tempting. He, he and Anne, the problem is they had 
children, and yeah. um, there wasn't a plan to. Well, there wasn't a plan to export the children. No, I didn't why have, they had to come back I didn't to have my ducks in a row on that on that on that front. Right, right, right. So, but I did come back. I didn't get accosted by uh, by by any uh, county sheriffs. So I made that's it. good, I made, I made and it. you made it through customs <laughs> as well. Did. I did with you know minimal. Minimal uh, in right. position. Okay. So, yeah. So, there's been a few things that have uh, taken place uh, this past week. So, just right down the list, we had... You, since the last podcast. Yeah. Which was about a week and a half ago. Okay. Not long. Not not ancient history. Right. So, we had the firing of Jim Comey. Right. From the FBI. We had the revealing of classified information to Russia in the uh, closed uh, meeting. Did I just call it the Russian leak? You could just call it that. Yeah, sure. it wasn't even, it was a leak from the President of the United States. <laughs> I don't even know if that um, qualifies but, as a leak. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so th- then the revelation the next day that Trump, quote-unquote, encouraged uh, Comey to shut down the investigation of Michael Flynn. And then, Whatever, a few, right. then a few days ago, we had the appointment of uh, Robert Mueller, former uh, head of the FBI mm-hmm. uh, during the uh, Bush administration. From uh, uh, Rothstein. Ro- Rosen- Rosenstein. Okay. Rod Rosenstein, who is the assistant sure. attorney general, uh, since Jeff Sessions has technically recused himself. Uh, sure. From the uh, is, is Rosenstein a, a holdover from the Obama era, or what's his background? So he was uh, he was appointed. Remember, Sally Yates. Got yeah, right. Fired, got canned. Right, and she was assistant attorney general. Right, she was. She was the holdover. So Rod Rosenstein, he was a you know prior to his uh, appointment at uh, at uh, at justice, he was. Uh, uh, U.S. Attorney for uh, District in uh, the uh, for Maryland, and then he was uh, uh, before that he was nominee for U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. So who was so it nominating him? Uh, was uh, let's see. I, I have to look. I have to look back. That I don't know when that was. Okay. So. Well, if we were following parliamentary procedure, granted, that's kind of uh, passe. But, these Tr- days. but Trump, but Trump was the one that, that made him assistant, uh, right, assistant right. AG. But but did he get? Uh, I'll look up. I'll I'll do the Wikipedia research while you get us back on topic <laughs> here. To keep us on track. So Rosenstein did approve of uh, an independent counsel. He did. So that happened. But the, it, what's interesting with that is that they when they fired Comey. They put this whole thing out about, and they and they had a letter from Rosenstein recommending it, it, he was like two weeks into the job. Mm-hmm. He had a letter drafted that was two sessions saying recommending Comey's dismissal as head of the FBI. Sessions then writes his own letter, attaches this letter from Rod Rosenstein. And then forwards a recommendation to Trump, saying, "Hey, this you know my, my assistant AG is recommending Comey's dismissal. I'm on board with this. We recommend this is the course of action you pursue." Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. And then uh, and then Trump fires Comey. So Rosenstein looks like a mo- like um, sort of a Republican, although he's. Served under the last three administrations, George W. Bush's, Barack Obama's, and Donald Trump's. Correct. Um, 
But he also had been nominated, uh, uh, he was a counsel to the Deputy Attorney General um, under the Clinton administration yeah. as well. So, I mean, um, the guy's got pretty solid bipartisan agendas. He's worked for the last four presidents of the United States. Well, I think he likes, I think he likes well, his work. Two Democrats and two Republicans. I, think, I, don't, okay. I don't think he sees himself, at least from the outside looking in, it doesn't appear that he sees himself as inherently political right. in right. his position. Yeah, so, it doesn't look like it. Um, and, and from everything we we're hearing... Kind of like a Comey, almost, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> right. uh, although Comey did kind of have a more right-leaning bent, so, actually. But, but the, the interesting thing about it is, so initially, when Comey was fired, they tried to pin the whole thing on Rosenstein. Like, it was his idea. He had been, again, he had been the job for like two weeks. Right. And then he comes in, like, guns blazing, I guess, and he's like, hey, my first act as assistant attorney general to Jeff Sessions... Is going to be to recommend the firing of Jim Comey. So we agreed. Just by the way, we, we the parliamentary procedure here would, mm-hmm. like I said, it was it's it's sort of passe these days. But um, would say we should have talked about healthcare just a minute longer. But that was like well, about eight minutes it, ago. This so is, this is this is an um, organic process, my friend. We how, gotta, we right, gotta, right, we right. Go with where the where the actions. Are. But I, I bring this up because perhaps um, all of this does provide some sort of elaborate cover. For them to do whatever the hell they want mm-hmm. on a healthcare bill, sure, which really is the kind of thing that's going to directly impact millions, uh, most Americans, absolutely, lives, actually, absolutely. So, so again, yeah, to to kind of circle back to that, so Rosenstein, uh, so so he so he's he's basically accountable for for the firing of Comey, but then you know Trump basically goes, he he, he talks to NBC News. Says that uh, he was going to fire him anyway, which which overwrote like two two days worth of coverage where Republican mm. operatives were out there saying this was Rosenstein's idea. So anyway, long story short, we we know that, that Trump just had this in mind and he was looking for an excuse. Right. So and and and, and so the deep the the big conspiracy is that Comey was getting a little too close on Russia. Something like that. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. What we don't know, right? So, uh, to, to paraphrase our former but defense if that, secretary, if that wasn't enough, <laughs> Trump decided to use like the next day after firing Comey to divulge classified information to the Russian <laughs> ambassador. Yes, which we still don't know all the repercussions from that. It might cost our relationship with Israel yeah, a little bit. Well, we, we, yes, right. And or a like, worst case scenario, it could cost some undercover operatives. Mm-hmm. Their their lives and mm-hmm. people that are embedded with ISIS. So, yeah. so yeah. this this all comes back as you mentioned to um, the appointment of the special counsel, who is Robert Mueller, former FBI head, as we mentioned. And so, does this give them cover? Because now we have a special counsel. Does it take the pressure off the House and the Senate intelligence committees to uh, to thoroughly vet information, get subpoenas, etc. And I would say, yeah, I mean, if, if I'm Paul Ryan or I'm Mitch McConnell or anybody in right. leadership in Congress, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say, yes, let's let the fact-finding missions begin. Let's get and, back to work and, on domestic policy. Yes, let's, let's, in the meantime, while justice is being done, let's focus on the people's business and make sure that health care is affordable and that people's taxes are well, Excuse me, are no, low. It's, let's make sure that the rich are much richer and that... 
everybody else, 133 million Americans, which may not be most, I might have mis- misstated, about 45% of Americans lose, are at risk of losing their health insurance because they might have a pre-existing condition. Not sure that's in line with what the talking points would be if you're somebody in oh, public leadership. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. You know, they're going to, they, they always act like, you know, they, oh, they're not crazy about Trump. They're not sure about right. him. No, he's. And, they, they, they will use him as a, as a tool. It's just a smokescreen for them to pass this crazy agenda, which is just war on not only the poor, but most working Americans. Yeah, but that's not a huge number of working Americans. I mean, we know going back to last year that that most of the Republican leadership was not on board with Trump being the nominee. Once it was, you know, once he secured the nomination and won the presidency, obviously they were going to use him for everything they could from... From getting Gorsuch on the Supreme Court to passing any kind of health care legislation they can to tax cuts, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, so, um, so yeah, is, is it a smokescreen? Well, from, it, maybe. I, I, that's probably, that's, they're definitely going to try to use it as such. I don't know that it, it may or may not be effective because the, the spe, a special counsel is not a process that's going to, Resolve itself overnight, so and it's going to keep a cloud of suspicion over a Republican administration, which sure. is going to hurt everything Republicans do. Well, then that's then that's the thing. So does it take the wind out of the sails of any kind of major legislation versus where they were a month ago? I don't know. The Democrats are so good at losing elections. Who oh, knows? Well, uh, I mean, if they can win the Ossoff and the Montana race, I mean, which are neck and neck right that now, would, that would understand. that would be at least a positive sign. Yeah. Uh, although I don't think it still would be very con- convincing in, in, unless they carry the Virginia and uh, New Jersey election, uh, gu- Amer- gubernatorial elections. Well, I don't know. I mean, if, you, if you win a place like Georgia, you win in a place like Montana, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty big news. And you know if they lose those elections, they're going to be pummeled by it and Trump will be on the mountaintop. Like, well, except that those are Republican seats. They are, but they're going to say that, oh, all this out-of-state money, and the Democrats put, gave right. it 110%, exactly. and it didn't work, yada, yada. Right. So. And I think there's a pretty good chance that it will happen. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, just because they are conservative districts. And plus, I think a lot of well, conservatives are going to start feeling under siege, and uh, a lot of Trump backers will mm-hmm. feel under siege and be more likely to get and rally around kind of their crazy right-wing flag because yeah. they they need to do that and so yeah i mean there there's a lot of if you read the 538 stuff their podcast their you know uh they might have a little bit higher listenership than we do the 538 maybe say. maybe i'm sorry uh, to you know well here's <laughs> to you harry enton and nate silver uh claire malone and the rest of the, the, rest of the gang there. i think though if you look at that they said that um there isn't that, you know, winning special elections doesn't really show much toward the midterms. In fact, the Democrats did quite well in uh, special elections the year after Obama was reelected, mm. and then did terribly. Yeah, um, in the in the 2010 elections. Sure. So um, you know, it just says I mean, the, the correlation isn't quite clear. Plus, we're in the era of Trump. You know, I mean, we also don't know if he'll like. St- like accidentally start a nuclear war. Well, there's two. There's all so, kinds of wild. Guys. I mean, you know, I mean, I remember we had the Fallout Shelter Company like sponsoring one of our podcasts. Yeah, we got to get them back into this thing here. Yeah, we do I, partly because I, I need enough money to buy a freaking Fallout 
show. An actual fall show. Right, right. But also... <laughs> so, I mean, in terms of what it actually means for healthcare legislation, I mean, it, it sounds like the Senate is thoroughly debating the issue. They have a working group of, I think, like 13 senators or something like that. And I, I really don't know what they're going to come up with. They're not thoroughly debating the issue. Unless they're telling, unless you're going to tell me they're going to leave the taxes in there and not do the big tax cut. I don't know. I I think that's, they're not thoroughly debating. There's a lot. You think that you think there's a chance of the tax that, that, that they'll pull the tax cuts. I think, I don't know. I think everything's on the table when you talk about the Senate, because there's, they're, they're going to try to, so, I mean, that's the big wealth transfer for all of this stuff. Right. Like, like Ron Johnson had uh, pointed to this program they have in Maine, which I guess is an okay thing for mm-hmm. pre-existing conditions. It's a weird, weird little thing. But the bottom line is for it to work, it costs a lot of money. True. And in a smaller state like Maine, it's a little easier to pull off, too. Uh, but I think just because it's – but you've got to have money. And you can't just give away a huge amount of the money in a tax break to the rich unless you really were to break up the freaking insurance oligopoly over our healthcare system. Guess what? That's not happening. No. This is for the insurance companies. But as far as I can tell, the main thing, main beneficiaries of Trump Care are rich people and then secondly, insurance companies getting at least taken care of. Uh, and staying even at, at, at very worst. Nobody else benefits other than extremely rich people or insurance company executives. Everybody else suffers, including very, like most people in the Milwaukee area, most like well-off people, frankly. People who make less than a million dollars a year, the 99%, we don't succeed under this bill. Well, it, we again, we, though we still don't know what this bill is going to look like. We don't know what the Medicaid, Medicaid funding is going to look like. I know I, the 99% loses as long as they have that tax cut in there. Well, I mean, they need the funding. That funding, uh, I, I mean, unless we're going to really bust up the insurance companies, you know, that's, that's not going to happen. Well, I mean, yeah, if we did single payer, maybe we could afford to pay less toward healthcare. I still, I still don't put it past though. And there was an article in the week this week about that the uh, that that Republicans are one of the options they're looking at is replacing Obamacare with Obamacare, which is which will essentially be like a symbolic thing. They'll be they'll do some things around you know around the edges, and yeah, maybe they'll All do right. something with taxes to, to to allow them to pass a tax reform bill, but largely leave the. Uh, healthcare bill intact and then maybe they send it back to the house and maybe the 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 politics by that point given what's going on with trump are such that they're going to force the members to vote on it and say like hey we have to claim some sort of victory because otherwise we're gonna there's gonna be a bloodbath next year in the, in the midterms we have to give our base some reason to come right out and say, right like, and our job is uh, not republicans is to make it a bloodbath regardless yes um, of course because if they don't pass it, well, they're on the cusp of passing it. Yeah. Um, and if they do pass it, Lord knows. I mean, you know, I mean, we really got a lot to fix. Otherwise, millions, hundreds of millions of people will probably are at risk. Yeah. Because when you start factoring the, what, the Medicare, one of the things that the tax increase paid for was Medicare stabilization. Yes. So then that, in addition to the 133 million people who are at 
risk of either losing their insurance outright or being discriminated against for pre-existing conditions. And that's like almost 40, 40, 45% of the country's population right there. Mm-hmm. You also have everybody who's on Social Security, which is another t- almost 15 to 20% of the population, that or not Social Security, Medicare, um, being at risk. Yeah. From the destabilization of it, so you really are talking about a majority of Americans. Oh, for that sure, stand to be almost immediately hurt by this. Or yeah, within the next, certainly within the next five years. So, I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know, Paul. I mean, what, what do you, what do, you, what do you foresee? What do you, what do you think they're going to do? I mean, it's we don't have, we don't even have a CBO score yet on the on the House bill that passed two weeks ago. At, at this point, I think the last I heard is that. It's going to come out. Monday. I think, I think it's supposed to come out this next week, right? right? Yeah, because the it took it, it took longer to score this one because of the fact they're giving um, this waiver mm-hmm. to the states about whether or not they want to accept the existing the pre existing condition rules. So they have to do some kind of assessments of the states, in, you know, each of the states, and what the likelihood is that that those legislatures are going to keep this in place or if they're going to be able to pass some kind of override given the politics. So it's, I think that's added a lot of time to the assessment by the uh, Congressional Budget Office. So uh, Monday, I guess, is the, is the day you're, you're saying. So you're asking me what I think? Yeah. What do you, th- what, I mean, what do you, what do you think's gonna, what do you, what do you see? That I doing? think that they're going to pass something that's going to hurt a large number of Americans. It, it may, um, you know, mitigate it somewhat. Mm-hmm. But it it will still have a negative effect on insurance coverage and healthcare costs for most Americans. My guess is, yeah. Um, you know, otherwise, if it protects most Americans, then it will certainly just take insurance outright from at least a few million Americans. Which, in the end of the deal, probably still hurt most people because of the way that uh, when people can't uncompensated care gets paid for is, is through higher health care prices for everybody else. But would you so, would you agree, though, that the, whatever comes out of the Senate is going to be less conservative than what the House just passed? Or, or no? Probably, but, yeah. but, but not enough not, to not drastically. be worth the passing. Yeah. Right. It, you're still going to have, basically, you're still going to have at least some tax cuts to okay. the top 1%. Right, and well, they need the, the tax cut part because that's what right. that, they're 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 banking on that literally to uh, get the uh, next the next right. initiative and through. Everybody else is going to be stuck with uh, with higher costs, uh, including some of the beneficiaries of the tax cut. Frankly, yeah, um, and a less functional health insurance system, mm-hmm. and you're probably going to have like fewer insured and so on and so forth so you're gonna have a less healthy country and a higher cost uh you know medical structure i mean i think in exchange for giving some tax cuts to wealthy people and that's the best case scenario honestly there's i mean there's there's some i I don't want to call them intriguing ideas there's some interesting somewhat surprising things that i've heard being bantered about by guys like lamar alexander yeah. Who, are, who are endorsing, or not officially, or at least unofficially at this point, um, proposing things like mandatory enrollment in, into uh, health insurance policies, but these wouldn't be these wouldn't be uh, comprehensive plans. It would be something like you would you would put people in, in at a basic level of care, 
where they would get like I guess what yeah, we but used to you're consider, still gonna we, have we, attorney we to, characters, right? Out we, of it, which we, means things like, that we used to consider catastrophic coverage. Yeah, I don't know the the the, the fact a, a policy doesn't have to provide an attorney coverage. I mean, no. that's not real health. Well, I mean, that's the, that. I mean, so, look, at, look at who look at who you're dealing with. I mean, these people. That's not they. They, they all had to get born. Well, a lot of them still don't believe that health insurance is a right. Do they? Do they believe that they were born from a mother? I, just, I mean, that's. I so. mean, maternity care is pretty important. If I mean, I guess uh, you you got out of the womb. That's great. I mean, you might be a you're, sexist. Well, you're dude, so you're right. lucky that you know you, you were born into a, a home with you know heat and food. I mean, it's just it's it's unbelievable uh, that the idea that there. Were, that maternity care wouldn't be considered an essential service. I think that this does provide a convenient smokescreen. Mm-hmm. It does potentially sink people's faith in doing anything that Trump will sign. Yeah. So it might make them look for coming up with a compromise that they know the House Freedom Caucus would never pass so that they can say it got stuck in the legislature and they can each point the finger at each other. I think the current, I think the current events definitely in, it increases the likelihood that whatever the Senate passes... There's going to be pressure uh, from more pressure from the leadership to pass whatever the mm. Senate comes up with because everybody realizes on their side of the fence that they can't afford a loss. So now is the time, in in my opinion, for the future um, is is to be looking at you know developing things at the local level. Mm-hmm. Uh, State all legislatures, of, right? All of these things. So, if they do really, one of the worst things too is that the tax cut just guts Medicaid. Yeah. Right. Okay. So it's not just the pre-existing conditions. It's not just essential health services. It's Medicaid, which pays for sixty uh, percent of all nursing home patients. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, uh, in addition to basic care for uh, poor children and and adults uh, as well, uh, but this is, I mean, you know, it's a life and death issue, as far as I can tell. It's a huge issue, cutting Definitely. Medicaid. And so, where there's Medicaid cuts, states can make up for the gap. They will have to raise their taxes. Yeah. They will have to uh, say it's a priority for us to have a healthy population mm-hmm. above having, and we're going to have to take back the tax increase, the tax cuts that went to the rich. Now, I have to do that at the risk of Saying, oh, people saying, well, okay, oh, Wisconsin's too high tax. I'm moving to frickin' Florida where it's warm and I don't have to pay taxes or yeah. whatever. You know, they will have to do that at the risk of uh, the interstate competition, mm-hmm. which was a big topic leading up to kind of the Act 10 battles. Yeah. Um, and that will come back. But if we are to be a moral society, I think that it's something that people in the states need to do is say, you know what, maybe. Having low tax rates for wealthy retirees isn't as important as having basic health care for all people, including children, you know, and people in poverty. Well, I mean, you have to look at our and uh, nursing home residents, older people who aren't wealthy. Sure. <laughs> so, well, I mean, what, what, I mean, considering you have a lot of governors, though, like our our own Scott Walker, who didn't uh, take the Medicaid money. Our budget has our budget's a mess. Suffered. And, and, and we would have. Right. We would have. Would have been a lot better off if we would have taken the Medicaid expansion money. So I think this is why the 2018 elections will be so important. And why we need to start seeing local leaders. Yeah. They need to speak up about 
the healthcare stuff. Absolutely. I think it's a, that's the one that, because a local leader, local political organizations could talk all they want about Comey and Mueller and, mm-hmm. and Putin and Russia and, uh, you know, Flynn, you name it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's not going to win you a seat in the state legislature. And it's not going to win you a governorship either. Yeah. Um, well, it may, it, it may win some, but it's not going it's, to, it's, it's, bad, it's, it's battle versus winning the war. Right. right so, right. I mean, and, and that's, and, and that's the other thing we were, we were kind of talking before this about being prepared for the next big thing. Right. 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 And so, so let's say like best case scenario for us, worst case scenario for them, you know, Trump goes down in a, in a ball of flames, you know, right. either now or later, whenever it occurs. And then we got President Pence for the balance of the term. Or he just stays unpopular. Or he just and stays, stays unpopular. And then, right. and then the, the bleeding never stops. And, right. Yeah, Some of me thinks Demo- maybe we shouldn't, we should, like, re- Democrats should refuse to impeach him. <laughs> well, just be like, look, this is who you guys wanted. You know, this like, you know, the special with. counsel is going to take, you know, at least a year, maybe two. Right. To complete its, uh, its, its, its job. So anybody who's, anybody who's hoping for an overnight success. Right. You know, right, right, better, right. you better level set your expectations there. So, under this best case scenario, where are you going? Here? Well, so let's say you know we we're we're a little you know we're about a year and a half away from the midterms, and so let's say the Democrats what they have to get twenty four seats at this point, twenty five. I think so. And yeah. uh, so they get Maybe that. They, they, they get at least that. Let's say they let's right. let's, let's, let's say they take thirty. Right. Thirty right, to forty. Right. right. Um, so they have the House. Uh, maybe they don't lose the Senate seats badly that they have. They probably lose one or two, even right, under probably. the best case scenario. You're, 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 you're going to lose a mansion, or you're going to lose, you know, uh, yeah. Claire McCaskill. You're gonna, I think McCaskill is the one that. Um, um, well, well, actually, Heidi Heitkamp, yeah, yeah, up in North Dakota, which that's, is that's the one way. state which is. Like it's such a petrol state, yeah. That they'll do anything for drill, baby, drill Trump at this point. There, that's going to become the red state in the country pretty soon. That's, that's kind of how it's going. That's I mean, well, it used to be red, but not that red. Well, they had two. They had two Democratic senators. Right. Uh, when I was in D.C., it was Byron Dorgan and uh, Ken Conrad, the two Democratic wow. senators from North Dakota. Good recall. And I mean, look, look at in, in short order over the past decade and a half or so, where where have you come? Well, but also North Dakota's a major oil producing state, well, which it wasn't true. ten years ago. Yeah. So, or tw- at least fifteen years ago, it certainly was. It's just an indication of how quickly things can change. And so, there's we had in Wisconsin for years, we kind of had that defense mechanism of, well, there's no way that uh, that, that Wisconsin will go for Trump. We haven't voted for Republicans since Reagan yep. Mondale. No, that doesn't. You know, that doesn't I, always work. Like and that. I put myself in that camp. You know, you, you just you resign yourself to the fact that you know history is. Uh, has, has shown you the way and, and forgetting that you know, things, things past performance is no guarantee of future. No, right. Definitely not in this day and age. So, yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't know. I mean, so we, if we take the house next year and that, that gives that, that puts a lot of, uh, power in the, in the Democrats camp in terms of being able to, uh, you know, uh, the subpoena power and investigations and you can do all that, but you also have to think about you know, what you're going to do with the legislative agenda and what kind of policies you're going to push because, you know, Trump, Trump is a temporary phenomenon. You know, it's, it's going to seem like a forever phenomenon for, for, for a lot of right. us because 
you know, we're only a few months in, and it seemed it's it seemed like. I mean, so what? Right. What's their next big thing? You have to fight. You can. You have to continue to fight the battle of ideas. Well, you have to think about what you actually believe about when when you're talking about things like healthcare. When you're talking about what what do we want to do when it comes to the challenges of the world around things like Syria? Right. What do we want to do? What in terms of our relationship to the European Union? These are these are big picture issues and the democrats need to have a solid response on them it's it's they can't continue to kind of hedge their bets and and say like well you know we're gonna we're just gonna so i would argue i would argue needs to be a vision i would argue that um foreign policy most of the most of the stuff is just a reset to normality yeah because that's what i think um you know not even that that was a great scenario, but, you know, this seems really unstable and dangerous. Yes. Um, Especially when so we talk about things like North Korea. preferable. But I would argue that the state level, that's where you start fighting this whole wealth transfer upward. Where yeah. you start saying, you know what, we are going to raise taxes on, on, on people that have done better. And... We're not going to do it to punish success in the state. We're going to do it so that everybody has a chance to succeed Well, and, and, in the state. And, I mean, Trump had a window where, when he came in where he could have made the first big thing that he wanted to pursue infrastructure. And I think he could have actually gotten some bipartisan support on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that goes without saying. But he chose, like, straight out of the gate to, to do... He, want, he, he pursued this immigration disaster. Then he went to healthcare, and then you know these. Then the tax reform is going to be the next thing. It, it was it, it was just poor poor ass planning. Okay, I, I mean I I think I think he could have done he could have actually gotten infrastructure done straight away. He had would have had a huge victory. He would have been able to milk that for a while. He probably would have had an approval rating. In the fifties, yeah, this would have been especially with the low bond rates. It would have been a good time. Absolutely. So, so I mean, so yeah. I, I guess if you're going to talk about what what's one issue that Democrats can d- definitely get behind is talk about the, the those those in, those infrastructure issues. Promise, the fact, the right? Fact Trump people, promised to empower the working class. You let and him he down. didn't. And he totally didn't do it. You, and completely let him down. And the other way, he used he used them for their votes. And then and then pivoted to to something completely. So now different. the Democrats need to come up with a totally new message, which is that we are going to empower the working class. We're going to do it at the expense, frankly, of people who've been most successful. Again, yeah. not to pro- not to punish success, but to ensure success for every. Yes. Ensure the opportunity. I'm I'm sorry, not ensure success, but ensure, we're going to we're going to raise taxes on those. Who have the ability to pay, not to punish success, but to offer an op- a chance for success to everybody Absolutely. in our state. And I think, though, know, that, that with this interstate competition where you have, oh, well, you should go to a red state because it's lower taxes. You know, of course, it always happens to be that low, red, these red states are always warm climates, too. <laughs> that doesn't have anything to do with it, like in February when it's. Twenty below, right here. But well, not this year in Wisconsin. But. Well, yeah, but you know, or well, it's, it's May right now, and it's like yeah. back to forty degrees again. It's like <laughs> right. you know, almost June. Yeah, uh, I mean tomorrow is high as forty nine, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you don't kid that in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, however, um, I think I think we can say that we need everybody in Wisconsin 
Wisconsin's going to be great again when everybody has a chance at success. Definitely. And we don't, and I don't think anybody really feels like that right no, now. No, I think that, you're I, in Milwaukee or Kimberly or Kakana or Superior or a player. Sure. And I mean, and Trump's tap, taps into that anxiety. Right. And, and what I'm saying is, is, is the Democrats need to harness the failure that, 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 that gap that Trump laid out there mm-hmm. when he didn't come in, you know, gangbusters like for for repairing roads and, and water lines and airports and all these things right. i mean that needs to be what democrats are all and, about and, and democrats need to stop at the state level saying oh well, we're gonna make our workforce more competitive no we're gonna uh, we're ward workers yes. in our state that's what you and they need to do it one of the things that i think we need to see happen is democ this won't work real well Unless Democrat, if Democrats say win the governorship in Wisconsin, but not in Michigan, yeah. or Michigan and Iowa, but not Wisconsin and Illinois, so mm-hmm. on and so forth, you got to do it in regional blocks. Sure. And I, I'm hoping that the, that we can see a, a, a sharp uh, move back uh, to progressive, more progressive, actual progressive, like Wellstone, like Democrats in the Midwest. From and I would even throw Pennsylvania in there. Everywhere from Pennsylvania to Iowa, including Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, you know, even you know all that all that area. We need we need strong progressive Democrats elected in twenty eighteen in all those states because then that whole thing. Well, I'm going to move. Fine, you know what? Maybe you'll move to Arizona, or maybe you won't but at least you start having regional blocks where the interstate competition doesn't yeah. happen as much Absolutely. at the local at, with at the local level well cuz i think that's how we empower working people is at the local level now this what local and state level yeah well that that's where it has to go i mean that, that's that the, the democrats lost so much ground right you know, over the past few decades by by not focusing on on the local and, and frankly the, it's not like obama really did do that much to catch up the working class, relatively speaking. I mean, he tried and he did. He worked on inequality. Healthcare was the biggest thing he did mm-hmm. on that. But besides that, I mean, Obama and even Clinton, I mean, we really haven't been able to see the working class get empowered at the federal level, even under Democrats. It's much better than under Republicans, but it's not like it's huge. I think at the state level, you can maybe start having more impact. Well, there'll be a lot more to talk about along the, uh, the details and how we get to that. And uh, we've got... Uh, oh, we're at 50 minutes. If, I don't know how you possibly listen to this whole thing. <laughs> you suffering listener, you. Well, I, I, I'll probably cut out at least 40 minutes of this. Oh, uh, there you go. All right. It's, it's seven minutes. Enjoy seven minutes of power. It's, a pod, it's not a podcast. It's a pod... Uh, pod blast. A pod it's a blast. Pod, there you go. <laughs> So yeah, the, we've got the uh, got the Democratic convention coming up here in Wisconsin and uh, Middleton at the end of the month. So right. uh, we'll hopefully uh, be able to uh, uh, cover that and uh, and and get some uh, get some news from that and uh, around some of these details about how in right. a state like Wisconsin we're going to get to what what, you, what, what Paul just talked do about. Is at least at least since we're from Milwaukee, interview uh, when we're there. Rob Hansen, the uh, Milwaukee County Democratic Party chair, and Marina Dimitrievich, the Working Families of Wisconsin mm-hmm. Party director. We hope to talk to some of those folks. Even, and uh, yeah, so there'll be uh, there'll be uh, more more news to come on that, and we'll continue to to, to pursue 
to pursue uh, uh, whatever whatever direction uh, uh, we think uh, things should move. There you in. go. So, Both Robin and Marina from the south side. Oh, perfect. There you go. All right. See you later. All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, forward. Thank you.